0: It's your turn to be afraid. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night chills up your spine paralyzed by fright thrilled by horror at the center of a chat Then welcome to the nerds from the crypt podcast Hello and thank you for joining us on the nerds from the crypt podcast and Before we even start the episode, I want to go ahead and give a big thanks to every one of you who was out there in Austin at Rio Rita uh, for the Texas Podocalypse on August 25th. It was a great meeting all of you and great meeting the host of many of my favorite uh, podcasts, uh, such as All Cattle, No Crime, Lone Star Law and Disorder, True Crime Fan Club, Murder City, Avert Your Eyes, but why though the podcast and many more that I was just so many that I, I can't list them all right now, but I'll make sure to include your name in the in the description of this of this podcast of this episode. I'm so your host and Greg. Host. <laughs> hey Greg. Um so like I was saying, we do have a great episode for you today. We have a returning um returning guest, our very first guest coming back to the show. Um Russell, Russell, how are you doing today? What's up, guys? How you doing? And um, it, yeah, this we're coming full circle here because, um, like I said, you were our very, very first interview on the show. Awesome, awesome! I'm happy to be back. <laughs> so, um, you've had a lot of things that have happened in the last um, it was what oh, almost a year already, a little bit less, a little bit more than a year that we last talked. So, yeah,
1: um, so I guess we talked before the monster anthology and yes. that one went on to raise $27,000 on Kickstarter. And wow. um, I just did a count and I think we have about 300 copies left in stock. Uh, and then after that, we did the pixie dust Kickstarter campaign and that raised $25,000 um, and so that just went out the door, um, in January. And that was really the last launch that we've had at wannabe press. Um, since we talked, meanwhile, I've written nine books this year, <laughs> um, on my 10th and we're going to release 18 novels next year. Wow. So, um, along with, uh, I'm doing a new book with my friend Greg Lerv uh, Eric Lervold and another one with my friend, Angela Odling. Um, And so uh, we're pretty busy, but most importantly, we have a new book called Cthulhu is hard to spell, which is launching on Kickstarter September 4th.
0: Yeah. And guys, I have uh, taken a uh, look at this. I got a a preview and it is freaking awesome. (laughs) So, what was the the progression from going from, because this is actually, a, is it a sequel? Is it a, a companion book to Monsters and Other Scary Shit? Yeah, so what happened
1: in the Monsters and Other Scary Shit book came out. Um, you know, we've had a lot of conversations with people over the last year, and while they loved it, there were some overall things that they said they would like to see in a second in in the next anthology um the first was make it all ages please god make it all ages why god can't you make it all ages um so while we didn't do anything to tamp down the level of intensity of the stories i think in the sophistication of the stories um we did a lot to take down the violence and the language and there was never any sex. I don't know, Greg, would you say that's accurate? You're one I'd of the contributors. So. I would say so. I mean, Which- I don't think that it's really a I, I, I hesitate to say it's all ages because that brings in a like adventure time kind of level of story and style. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not that there's a lot of very dark stories, but, um, you can show this to your child if, and they will not ex like. For instance, there was one story called the "Ghoul" in the Monster and Other Scary Shit <laughs> anthology, which was incredibly violent, like yeah. the kind of violence that I love was fucking awesome.
0: But it was a pretty good story.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, but you could, but the minute you a kid saw it, they were their parent was like, "Oh yeah, I can't buy that."
0: <laughs>
1: so this is more like imagine the art style and sophistication of ghoul or maybe like the story vengeance which was also very dark but it did not have any of the um of the -the over-the-top violence Mm -hmm. there is still some violence but it is more like cartoonish violence
0: and without the blood yeah it's very true yeah i think i think it's true and well even i think um I think there is some of the stories that are that are pretty kid friendly. I mean not majority of them, but I think there are some that are very kid friendly. Yeah, so um, I, I I think that it goes goes the range from very
1: kid friendly mm-hmm. to kid appropriate. But I don't want people to get the idea that it's like this really venture timey type of book where all the things are made for children. These are these are stories made for everybody. Um, including adults with some very dark Lovecraftian themes in there, but there is none of the violence and language that was in the first one. So you should be able to show it to your child <laughs> without worrying that they are going to be scarred for life by seeing a bunch of blood. Um, but Greg is also uh an editor for one of the stories and contributor yep. of one of the stories um in the book as well, um, which was uh uh, which is one of the ones I think I'm, I, I mean when I say, like, there's it's dark, but still kid appropriate. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, um, She Came Upon a Great Tree, Greg?
2: Uh, yeah, I could talk a little bit about that. Uh, it's it's definitely like you said it it has it it has the uh, the darkness and uh, and holds true to the Lovecraftian themes and uh, and, and definitely talks about the uh, Elders uh, in that in that sense. But uh, you could you could go through every panel of that and uh, and show it to a kid and not be um, they they would not have a. They might have a a bit of a bad dream, but they would not be you would not be offended by uh the content in the but they ads. wouldn't i don't think they would understand what was happening yeah, yeah,
1: you know, that story's definitely made for an adult, but a kid could wa- look at it and be like pretty pictures and yeah.
2: such. Uh, and they could, and they would see the action that's going on in it and think it's pretty cool looking. But um, uh, the way that uh, Nick Kirkham did the the art style, it's a, it's it's got a really good uh feel to it all through. Yeah, I mean, it's but
1: got I, a very like a dark horror, like it's very it, it it it's very like horror in the style that it was chosen in that like, kind of like scratchier, grainier style, but. <laughs> um without any of maybe the ultra violent stuff that has been prevalent in some of my books in the past
2: (laughs) I, i think what would blow people away too is finding out that that is nick's first foray into uh comic uh book creation so in uh in the sense of uh doing any artwork uh uh panel wise and uh, doing anything that uh, definitely flows that way. Uh, that is his, his first time out of the gate. So, yeah. Uh, and that's
1: awesome. I mean, that's one of the things I love about anthologies. I mean, that happened in the monster anthology, mm-hmm. you know, Angela Odling was one of the creators in the, and she did the, the last story in our first anthology um, uh, Esmeralda's uh tree, and it was her first time doing a sequential story. And that, then she went on from that to have two different web comics She's doing a a comic with me now, She's doing all sorts of other uh, of of other comics. And she's like really found her own. But the anthology has allowed a lot of people to either try their hand at uh, first time creation of something in the comic book form, or maybe even revamp their style or try something that's not necessarily um, what they're known for um, and that uh, in our anthologies as well.
0: What I really like is the, and, it, and this is true for about the first book too, uh, the wide variety of not only this, the the um, writing, but also the artwork. You get some of these that are really like, you know, these beautiful pieces of art. And then you got other ones that are a little bit more like cartoonish and then a little bit more um, like there's one that uh, like, I think it's a sequel to the first one, or I guess not a really sequel, but continuation of the story with the, uh, like the Godzilla monster. Yeah. Um, and that one's a little bit more simple, more like a, I would say, real cartoony. Um, then you have some of these other stories that are like very detailed drawings, very, um, I don't know how to say it. it, just draws your attention to any type of comic book fan. I just like the way it just bounces back and forth uh, between those two different, those uh, not two, but those different types of, of, of art. Yeah, I wanted
1: to make sure that it held true to the spirit of the first anthology because I wanted people to come back, mm-hmm. but see that we've gr- I've grown as an editor, we've grown as a publishing company and, um, you know, we, we listened to the things that they liked and what they didn't like. So one of the things they didn't like was that when you open. Um, so because you could have odd numbered pages in the first anthology, the pages didn't all open, start on the right and end on the left, which yeah. is very, I mean, that's how comics are read. Like there's you, you expect to have the, and so it would confuse, I would watch people be confused as they would flip through. Um, and they would see that it opened on the wrong side. So I wanted to make sure that we fixed that. So this time all of the stories are even numbered and they start on the right-hand side of the page and end on the left-hand side of the page, just like you would expect so that everybody gets the right, um, so that everybody can read it properly. And that's something we didn't really see in the PDF because it doesn't make sense in the PDF. We didn't really see it until we saw it in our hands. People like most people that wanted to buy the anthology were buying it for their kids. Anthologies Mm -hmm. are very big with like younger kids. Adults Mm -hmm. like them too, but we found that for every one person who picked it up and bought it, there were three or four that put it down because it was not kid appropriate. So we wanted to, um, most people weren't buying my graphic novels for their kids. They were buying them for them. So I never had had that problem before. So uh, one thing that kids like is color. So they were less fans of black and white. Um, so we made this anthology all color. They also don't have as long an attention span. So we, we had one to 15 pages last time. We went from one to eight pages. And finally, um, people really wanted us to have a tighter theme than just monsters. I frankly wanted a tighter theme than monsters too. Um, and when I asked people what they really, really loved, um, you know, our number one fandom is Lovecraft. There's mm-hmm. a coming fairy tales are also up there. And there's a couple of others that are really hanging up there. But Lovecraft is one of the biggest ones. And, you know, something that I heard recently, was that people were looking for a way to indoctrinate their kids to liking creepy things. And, <laughs> and I remembered when I was a kid, I would watch all sorts of stuff, and I had no idea Lovecraft was behind it. Like I had no idea that Necronomicon comes from Lovecraft. I didn't know, you know, really, he was the he was the founder of psychological horror in a lot of ways. I mm-hmm. didn't know that Cthulhu was even Lovecraft. You know, um, I didn't know things were Lovecrafty in. But meanwhile, when I watched. Aliens and In the Mouth of Madness and Event Horizon and Jacob's Ladder, all of these things that dealt with the creeping dread of life, I all could tie it back to Lovecraft. And Lovecraft is a rather recent, comparatively, um, thing that I love. But when I connected all of the dots going all the way back from Evil Dead, Uh, all the way through to um, today and even things in my book, like my book, Katrina hates dead shit. The Necronomicon plays a big part. And I did not know that that came from Lovecraft until I was in the middle of, of making that piece. (laughs) Um, And so it was really important for me that at the beginning, and I think a lot of people are like me where they Lovecraft has touched a part of their life but they don't even know it. So for instance, uh, so when when I when I wrote the copy for the page one of the things that I made sure to put at the top was like I talked about all of that stuff. It's like I loved Lovecraft before I even knew who Lovecraft was. Like I was when I like I didn't know he made the necronomicon and cthulhu and all of these things. They were just all things that I enjoyed growing up that I could tie back to this one human.
0: Yeah, we, and actually we've had uh, two other inter, uh, guests here on the show that have their their comic books or graphic novels based on H.P. Lovecraft's work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's very influential. And even stuff like what well, Greg and I are big fans of, of the Stephen King um, works. Like, it, like, let's say even um, Children of the Corn, yeah, I, I feel is very is very inspired by by H.P. Lovecraft. Um, I think, what was it, the Dagon, or that, that the the town kind of decides mm-hmm. that they're gonna go ahead and 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 just Bro- worship this, yeah, yeah and, yeah, and it's the same thing as with Children of the Corn, where and then in the mist you have all these monsters coming out of this and out of this portal, and they all have tentacles and and you know, um, very Cthulhu like. I, I feel at least as far as the the tentacles and all that is concerned. Yeah, yeah. i mean i think when you say lovecraft
1: people go who is lovecraft Mm -hmm. and when you say well all of these things that you love are because of him people go oh really i didn't know that and so what i wanted to do with the anthology was make something that celebrated lovecraft in all of his forms but was able to be easily read by people who have no idea who Lovecraft was. So I think the book is very, um, for people who know who Lovecraft was and his mythology, I think that it's going to be great because one thing that Lovecraft lacks um, is a deep dive into the gods and monsters of Lovecraft. And now, you know, he did that on purpose in a lot of ways because looking upon the gods is, will drive you mad, Mm-hmm. So there was very little gods and monsters, except maybe Nyarlathotep and like some yith and other things that are kind of sprinkled throughout. You know, there's it's a lot of the creeping dread of the universe and very little on monsters. So since the first book was a monster anthology about monsters, the Cthulhu, the Lovecraft one is a Love as a monster anthology about Lovecraft, and it doesn't focus on the horror aspect of Lovecraft. It focuses on the gods and monsters and mythology of Lovecraft, which is something that outside of Call for Cthulhu, um, really there's not a lot of detail on the actual gods and monsters from the Lovecraftian mythos in any um in any real substantial way that is like iconic. But all of these gods and monsters have influenced so much. I mean, even going back to like Conan, the barbarian um, that I wanted to take what we learned in the first anthology and improve it and improve upon it so that we could keep the same spirit, but do it again and do it slightly differently. but you talked about how you know there are different styles mm-hmm. throughout the, the 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 book, and that was something people loved. So I didn't want to change that. You know, we uh, we wanted everything from cute to, to scary and everything in between. That was what people loved about the book. We wanted to have a ton of creators because that's what I love and that's what other people love. We wanted to keep the signing pages. We wanted to do all of these things that people loved and then cut away a lot of the things that people didn't like. So I really do think that this anthology is everything that people loved about the first anthology, but better. Not that the first one wasn't really good, but it's just, we're doing a second one now. Like you, hopefully your first book is better than your second book is better than your first book. It's better than, it's not that the first book wasn't good. It's just, You learn so much that you can iterate. Greg is a great example of that. Um, You know, Greg edited uh, the piece we talked about earlier. And the first anthology, all we did was have the uh, two credits. It would say it was the name and then uh, it was the name of the book. And then right under it was uh, the artist and writer. And then it was a signing place. But this play, this uh, anthology had so many more people in it that we actually changed the anthology and how the signing page looked because Nick um, said that Greg, like he wanted Greg credited. And Greg should be credited. Like he was, he had a part in the anthology. So we actually kept the signing pages where they were, but then added a full, two full credits pages after that so that people could get credits for um, logo design and uh, and uh, lettering and colors and editing and all of the things that we literally just didn't do the first time because I, I didn't even think about it.
0: <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, it, it's good to hear that you're taking not only um, – you're not – what's it called uh, – You're looking at what the fans were looking at, and you're adapting to make it better for the fans. Yeah, so I
1: will say that there are two different sides to my company and my writing. My books I make for me. I hope people like them, and I do some things, but, like, I only have so much range. I only have so many things that I like talking about, and I only have so many styles that I like writing in that, like, I'm just – You're kind of stuck with the thing, like kind of dreary, kind of gloomy, a little bit funny, but like existential dread, like all of those are the things that I'm generally female protagonist generally written in the first person like those are like the kinds of things that I like writing. So, you know, lots of magic, lots of monsters Mm-hmm. So if I don't have those things, like like I, in my own work, it's hard for me to make a like a, 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 a certain kinds of stories just because I don't care about most things. So like if somebody came up and told me to write a certain kind of story, I might not be able to do that. Um, but the, that is so that's my own writing where a lot of that I say, yes, that's a good critique. I'm still going to keep doing it my way. But then there are these anthologies and the anthology side of my writing is all fan service. So like nice. this is all about fans. Like the fans told me that they, they wanted monsters. They told me the kinds of artists that they want, the kinds of writers they want. Um, They told me the cover artists they want, and I just did it. Um, So it lets me be a lot more free because even if something is not necessarily the style that is perfect for what I like writing, I can still appreciate it. Um, so a great example of that is uh, um, the party, the second story in the monster anthology, Katrina Kunstman does oh, yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's not something I could ever write. And it's just not, I could, I, I love it so much, but I could never write that. If someone gave me a hundred years, maybe I could figure it out, but I could never write that story, but I love it. So I can say, Katrina, come and hang out with me. Do this anthology. Do a little piece of it, you know, have fun with it. And then like, help me promote it. And like, it will be awesome. And she can say, yes, I can do that. I can't write like Katrina. It's just, it would take me breaking down everything that I know and rebuilding it. And I just don't have the energy to do that, but I can bring her into an anthology when fans ask for her. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I can make Lovecraft stories, even though, you know, psychological horror is something that super influenced me. But like my books aren't necessarily horror books. They're not horror, they're fantasy with horror elements in them. So when somebody says, go make a Lovecraft book, like, man, those books are real dreary. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Just so
1: soul crushing that it's hard for me to be like I can't I can make a Lovecraftian kind of story, but if you want something that like totally is in the Lovecraft spirit, do you know who can do that really well? Terence Grace. Terence Grace has a lovely story about um about uh, Lovecraft writing a letter to his estranged wife as he's falling into madness. It is brilliant. There's another one. The Eyes of Yubba Sukug is a poem. It's a Lovecraftian poem. I'd never write that, but I'm so <laughs> glad that it exists. You know, um, there's all sorts of art styles from mm-hmm. that are just not styles that I would ever write in, that I would ever choose for my own work. I love them, but it's they're just not styles that resonate with me enough to, like, do a whole book in them. But having them in an anthology allows me to compile all of these things and be like, hello fans. Remember when you told me you love Lovecraft and I should make a Lovecraft anthology and I should bring all these cool creators in? It is. <laughs> and um it's something that I don't generally, for instance, use public domain or um or, uh, or uh, any sort of fandoms for my own work. This is actually the first time I've ever used any sort of fandom for my own work. Um, So it was nice to be able to play in somebody else's sandbox
0: for a little bit. Nice. Uh, So we, you're going to have a Kickstarter, you said, right? Uh, and that is starting the day that we are releasing this episode, is that correct? If you're releasing it on September 4th, then yes,
1: it is usually start my kickstarts between 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. Pacific time on Tuesdays. And this one will run for 24 days until the uh, until the 27th of September our goal is to raise $21,666 last one raised seven twenty seven thousand six hundred and thirty dollars. And that is the books done. Like I could effectively hit publish on it tomorrow, but I need print fees and shipping fees and all sorts of other stuff. If people really want the kind of books that they expect from want to be press and like, not to toot my own horn, but I make some pretty goddamn great books. They look <laughs> fucking awesome. And like people generally want
2: my dope ass books. I'm you know sure that, that uh, uh, I was going to say, I'm sure that uh, uh, people who have picked up the first anthology might want to uh, know, is this what, what's the uh, um, cover going to be like? Is it a hardcover, cover, uh, oh, yes. following Yes. So, so
1: it's the exact same. It's actually Aaron Alexevich is coming back to do the cover. Um, well, he came back to do the cover. Um, so our goal is to print it in hardcover. Our goal is to always print it in hardcover. Um, we tend to do one hardcover release and then, uh, that's our edition release. And then, um, we have not reprinted anything yet. I'm not sure if we will reprint things or not reprint things, but our, our so far we have not reprinted anything that's gone out of print or mm-hmm. will soon go out of print. Um, so. It's very similar to the. I mean, our our goal is to print it with the same paper stock and uh, and same sew so binding. So if you liked the first anthology or really any of our books, if you liked the first anthology, Pixie Dust, Ichabod Jones, the Katrina, and you picked any of them up in hardcover, it's going to be very similar in um in uh, in uh, tone and in, uh, in feel to that. And that's what we're going for when we do these kickstarters. You know, yeah, I yeah. mean. We want something that's going to be a collector's edition. It's the only time you're going to be able to get your name inside of the book. Um, We're also going to have collector edition pins. We may put some higher tier things on there in the future. Right now, we only have uh, uh, like six tiers. And it's just because last time we had some issues with several of the tiers and I just don't want to deal with it anymore. Um, like we had some issues with the retailer bundle. So we're not doing retailer bundles this time. Um, we're, we we had some issue with um, some of the commissions, just not doing commissions this time. Um, so we may put some higher end tiers up there, but um, our general goal is to just get interest for the book and excitement for the book. And I think that, um, you know, I I I I didn't I didn't think that the book had sold quite so well uh <laughs> as I was going through um you know it's done quite well I mean to to sell I mean let's say there's 400 left mm-hmm. we sold 1600 in a year I mean we got that into our this we we got uh Monsters and other scary into our webs and into our warehouse this week. So this week, a year ago, and we had sold—I don't remember some amount during the Kickstarter campaign. I think like maybe 400 hardcovers, mm-hmm. um, and we have 400 left out of 2,000 that we ordered. So considering that I've just been hand selling them for the past year, and other people have too. That's that's pretty good for uh, for an anthology that is $40. Oh, the other thing is that like the, the book is still going to be $40 on Kickstarter, but if you buy it at a show uh, because they won't be shipping, it'll be a different price. Okay. So we've been able to like – so the book is $40. It includes shipping. But like the book is usually – is the, the, the book when I sell it is $40. $40 and then there's another like $10 in shipping when I sell it from our website. So we just, we, we tried to make it more economical. We also also not 224 pages. It's 176 pages. Um, so um, it just like everything about this book is taking what we learned on the first anthology and trying to improve upon it. And I thought the first anthology was amazing.
0: It it really was. <laughs> yeah, um,
1: yeah. So I was when I said I wanted to make this book 10 times better than the previous one, I thought that it was going to be real hard to do because like that book was great. Like, um, But I really like looking at the book, you know, think that this book is a market improvement over the last one, not because the stories are so much better, but because I'm such a better leader. And I had such a clearer vision of this book. Like, people stop and they go Lovecraft, Cthulhu. They don't even say Lovecraft. They say Cthulhu. I love <laughs> yeah. Cthulhu. And I say okay. And then they open it and like, there were there were because of my own uh, inexperience as an editor, um, some things that prevented people from buying the anthology when they saw it on a table or when it came out or from it being the perfect experience when you held it in your hand we talked about it already um the, the having to turn and some of the pages not not some of the stories not opening on the right side of the page like it doesn't it seems like a little thing but like man when you see it done right it's so much different. Like it's so much better.
0: Well, I mean, I know, I know just basically from talking to other comic book lovers, comic book lovers are very particular about what they want in their hands and how they want it. And, and if it's a little bit off from there, they, they, they'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. But I, and
1: it was hard before we actually had it on a table to see mm-hmm. everything. Like people loved the stories. People loved, uh, like the thing, but just the packaging overall was just could have been improved by doing things like making sure everything was an odd number page, making sure there was all color, um, uh, making sure the lettering was better. So a lot of the first anth monster anthology, a lot of the things were hand lettered in a very scratchy style. And the lettering is I think leaps and bounds over the last time. It's so much clearer and so much better. I let people have a lot more freedom with some of the design elements. Um, one of them, for instance, was uh I don't didn't allow full bleed pages this time. And that's because some of the people handed me the pages and they were the wrong size. And so their bleeds were off. Mm. I had to like change the page size, and that made the books not full bleed because they handed me like two days from the deadline, a, a story that I either had to cut or um, uh, or I had to figure out a way to make it work. And luckily, no one has said anything about those stories. But like those are the little designy elements that, you know, people unconsciously notice, even if they don't consciously notice it.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
1: You know, and there are probably things I'll learn this time, assuming that we do a third one, which will go into the next anthology. Um,
0: so, yeah, actually, that was going to be my next question: Is there anything in the works, or anything in your in your in your head that already in your brain that?
1: Yeah, there's one man. This an anthology is grueling, man. It's so long, <laughs> There's so much. I mean, I love it, but like. I don't want to say it's like hurting cats because like <laughs> well, that, that 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 is that is like an, an insult to both creators and cats somehow <laughs> um but you know it's very stressful to lead these things and to be responsible for, you know, 70 people on the other side of it there's like so much joy with when you bring a book. So I've never had a book that so many people worked on that I could just take around the country and see all of these people who worked on the book, who would come and see the book and come and hang out at the table. And Greg helped us at Emerald city, uh, this year. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had friends in LA and San Diego and Phoenix and, you know, everywhere I went, there were people that worked on this book that I was able to meet. Spain, I went to on a book tour in Spain because <laughs> oh, of <the> book, nice <laughs> um, this year. So, you know, it's hard for me to be like just to say not to do another one. But
0: I wouldn't blame you point. if you felt tired because <laughs> I I follow you on Facebook. You're busy all the time I can see you you're busy all the time um like you said you what nine books you said already ten books now coming up and and that's another
1: thing is like I'm moving into (laughs) a lot more um narrative fiction realm of novels so I do have an idea and I have a lot of surprises with that idea um I think it's going to be really awesome if we can pull it off nice um however in order just so i had no intention of doing a second anthology either um the only reason we did the second anthology was because everyone was so fervently excited during this anthology i got excited and i said all right i'll do a second one (laughs) um like everyone was just so hyped so i will say that like man if we just barely fund I don't know. That's a lot of work to do. And then drag the book around the country for another two years selling it. And that's a lot of work to commit to, to do a third book. But there is a number in my head. And if we hit that number, I will say yes to what I think is the best idea of all of the three ideas with the best title and the best uh, uh, prompt. So if you <laughs> like the monster anthology and you think the Cthulhu anthology is going to be cool, I have a hard time believing you're not going to flip your shit for the third one. Cause every single person I've told this concept to was like, Holy shit. That's fucking incredible. Please do that.
0: Well, I'm I I, I want to see what this third book is. So, you guys, if, if, when you're listening to this, make sure to go out there and back this uh, this Kickstarter campaign because you, I want to see that third <laughs> that third well, book. And look, here's the thing:
1: like, you go to the book, you can go. It's real easy. Just go to cthulhuishardtospell dot and it will redirect you to the Kickstarter campaign. The very very top of that Kickstarter campaign is a fifty page preview of the book. So even if you don't know, or you're on the fence, you can get the book, you can get the preview and, um, and, uh, and see, and I'll say like, it was really hard to make this preview and just pull out like 11 stories. Mm -hmm. I wanted to pull out 11 different, very different types of stories, but out of 35 stories, this was the hardest I've ever had to work to figure out what the 11 stories were. um, and I will say also with the, you know, we talked about what the, the $40 price, the difference from the $30, like what it will be on a table for the $40 price, you get a paper toy, which is exclusive to the Kickstarter campaign. So uh, my friend, Andrew Pauly, who unfortunately had to, uh, had to, uh, uh, wasn't able to be part of the campaign, made a paper toy. So you get a And he does awesome paper toys. They're freaking great. They're pretty cool. Um and uh you get uh, the the pdf to download it and make it yourself on whatever paper you want it's going to be awesome you get the digital which is going to be 10 dollars retail at least you get the audio commentary of me going through each book audio each commentary <laughs> yeah I did it for pixie dust no one's told me whether they liked it or not but like I'm still going to do it again because I thought it was cool I, that's the kind of stuff that I want I will to talk about why I chose the book why it's paced the way it was why I put it where I did in the book the right. creators behind it stories and such and that's included in that $40 price it's so like a version of the exactly and I never I don't I don't I, um I just started doing it in a digital download that the, the uh, pixie dust commentary but it wasn't available anywhere before um so you get a, a ton for that 40 dollars. plus um if you're back in the first two days you're going to get some awesome uh some awesome um uh uh early bird perks hang on let me see if i can pull them up really quickly
2: I just had to say, I probably I, I have a pretty good idea how tough it would probably be to go through and pull out just a sample from the thirty-five. Uh, as as one of the people who was along the journey with you and seeing what all these people are putting out there, so whatever people are going to get, I guarantee it's going to be pretty awesome stuff because the the creators that worked on this project, um, they top notch.
1: Yes, I, I mean, I was shocked. Like, I thought it would be marginally better just because it was all color of the art styles and everything. But like when the pages came in and just every single one knocked it out of the park, like I was I, I I, I, I held off patting myself on the back for choosing it. And a uh, shout <laughs> out to Angela uh, Oddling because I sent her all of the I sent her everything. And I was like, this is who I'm thinking about putting in. This is who I'm gonna leave out. Do you think anybody is more deserving to come in? Um, and she said, no I think you did the I think you did the right job and I was like, okay, like and and so she she like was my check for that um, just to make sure that I wasn't um, like leaving somebody out who was super worthy. Okay, so just for backing the first two days, if you back even if you back at a dollar, even though I think you should back it at least forty dollars, um, you get two prints from Mary Bellamy, um, who does a heck and has had a story. And she she did a Nightwalker in the first anthology, and she did a story in this anthology also. You get Alter Life Issue One by Caleb Thuset and Katrina Kunstman. Um, you get a um, Beauty and the Beast um, Fractured Fairy Tale print from Zach Skellington. Uh, Deadskins, the first issue of Deadskins from Clay Adams. Um, Rancidville, number one from John Eddingfield. And uh, Ichabod Jones, Monster Hunter, number one for me. You literally um, just have to back on the first two days and you get that. And I have, let's see, uh, two, one, one, like 20 more prints and books and stuff that I can add for stretch goals throughout the course of the campaign. So if you just back the first two days and don't unback for three weeks, you could get just a crap ton of stuff, promo prints from all sorts of people, um, free graphic novels, sorry, not graphic novels, free uh, comic books, prints, all sorts of stuff, all digitally to you. I mean, you could have, an awesome comic book library with just people in this anthology. And on top of that, if somehow we run out of all of these things, um, I have all sorts of friends who keep asking me if they want me to donate, if they want to donate stuff to my campaign. Um, And so I can go to them. These are just from creators in the anthology. But if I open it up to my whole network of humans outside of this anthology, there would be, uh, you know, there could be double that amount of books. And so you get all of that for the $40, plus you get something that no one else will ever have, which is the ability to say, you helped me make this book and us make this book. Because currently me and 68 other people, I think I last count, including Dirk Manning, who wrote the foreword, Aaron Alex Fush, did the cover, touched this book. Currently, those are the people who help create this book. But by pledging to the campaign, you are helping a very cool thing come into the world, and you are the only humans for the rest of human for the rest of the universe who will be able to say, "I helped make this book happen." That's it. Like that's the if you love Lovecraft, and if you love uh, the creators involved. I mean, I love all the creators involved, honestly. But here, here's just sort of some of like the banger names. Really quickly. All right. I said Dirk Manning did the cover. Angela Odling uh, wrote the first story. Um, Eric Young, Megan Hutchinson, uh, Clay Adams, Brandon Perlow, who uh, Isra nominated um, for uh, Watson and Holmes. Um, Let's see. Matthew Childers, um, Ryan Fisher. Zach Skellington, um, Johnny C. If you know, if you're a a Northeast comic fan, you probably know Johnny C. Um, Nick, Kremenick, Mike Speakman, Greg Smith, uh, Mary Bellamy, Bellamy, who works on My Little Pony, um, Lauren Newber, who does a bunch of cool stuff. Like Kyle Kaminsky, like there's just names. Wesley Wong and Wesley Sun. Um, this, the Sun Brothers Studio is huge in Chicago. So, uh, Madeline Holly Grossing from Boston Metaphysical Society. A uh, Michael R. Martin, if you're from um, if you're from down in the Phoenix area, he's he's a, he's a big independent creator down there. Christian Douglas, who's a Spanish comic creator. I mean, there are just uh, Leah Seidman, who uh, who draws uh, Teen Titans, the comic Teen Titans. Um, and Tool, who won a Writers Guild award for uh, writing on um, Zero Dark, uh, not Zero Dark Thirty, Horizon Zero Dawn. I mean, uh, Terrence. I mean, I can I can just keep going on and on and on and on. Not only are the creators, um, not only are the creators awesome humans, but they're also people who make awesome work. And uh, I'm, I'm I really feel blessed that they are trusting me with this book. So please uh, help me make a lot of money for them because ten percent of all the money we make goes back to the
0: creators. Nice, nice. So I mean, we've heard a lot of this about this book already. I'm already I'm almost I'm going to be pledging, and I'll make sure to. Spread the word out for you so like, so that we can get this happening, not only for this, for for the third book. If you're listening to this, make <laughs> sure to share. Make sure to share the episode. Make sure to share the the, the Kickstarter campaign. When we're
1: off the air, I'm going to tell uh, Saul uh, what the third concept is, and he can tell you whether it's holy shit or not. I'm going to bow him to secrecy um about what about uh what that he can reveal it but i will tell him what the concept is and he can tell you himself whether
0: it's a fucking amazing or not (laughs) oh darn (laughs) i'm waiting i'm waiting (laughs) uh before we leave um anything else you want to add here russell uh I, i have tons of other stuff that i'm doing uh
1: you can go to my website uh uh russellnolte.com I have a blog to help creative spell better businesses the complete creative but honestly um if you want to see the pinnacle of what I've done in the past decade when it comes to collaborating and connecting people together and making beautiful books and I don't know if it's the best book I've ever made but it's definitely as good as any book I've ever made if not better um then go check out cthulhuishardtospell um, and 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 pledge. I mean, it's it, it's really going to be awesome. I mean, Greg saw Greg, you saw the book in uh, Omaha, right? You actually yeah. held it in like the crappy version. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, even that crappy version is fucking incredible, right?
0: Oh, it's, it's you know, great. The more money you pledge, the closer we are to awakening Cthulhu. So exactly. Yeah, the so Cthulhu is hard to spell. Dot com, and that's uh, live as of the the fourth. You said the
1: fifth. As of September fourth, at somewhere between six and seven a.m., it will be live. Now, currently, the Cthulhu is hard to spell. Dot com redirects to a place you can get the fifty-page preview. But as soon as humanly possible in the morning, when I get up, I'm going to launch the book and then do all the things that I have to do. So hopefully by the time you're listening to this, it will redirect to the Kickstarter page. But if for some reason does not, then you can just go to Kickstarter and type in, hopefully Cthulhu, and then it will be the first thing that pops up. But Cthulhu is hard to spell dot com and do not forget the H.
0: Yeah, I mean, what well, was I say? Just just uh, copy the name from this episode, and and because if you can't spell Cthulhu, then I mean, there's a, there goes that's the name of the the book. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us again, Russell. It's it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And like I said, it's um, you're always welcome here on this on this um, podcast, um, as being the very very first interview we ever had. Um, your is. Podcast is always going to be open for you.
1: Awesome, man. Thank you so much. And it's great seeing, and it's great talking to you guys, too. All
2: right. Anything you want to add, Greg? Uh, no, I think just, uh, you know, like Russell said, just go and uh, back this Kickstarter if you want to see it come to life. Uh, all the folks that, that worked on this, uh, all the different creators and, uh, and people who did lettering and other things, uh, coloring and whatnot on this project are top notch, great people. They definitely need to have this brought out into the world so they can share their amazing talents.
0: All right. So guys, like I said, don't, do not even, I mean, go to the website and don't forget to share this. Don't forget to back this. Let's make this, let's help um, get this book out and uh, get the third concept. And next time when when I say how incredible the next idea is and I can't say what it is, just, just know that it's up to you guys to make this happen. All right. Well, um, once again, thank you, Russell. And thank you, everyone, for joining us um, on this on this episode. And we'll see you guys next time. Next time. It's your turn to be afraid. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt Podcast.